0: Welcome to Get Godly With It, a podcast that will guide you into taking both of your feet out of the world and bringing them into the word to help you live out the freedom of a biblical lifestyle and walk out the calling God has over your life. This is your host, Kathy Dooley. Let's get rolling and get godly with it. Hello everybody and welcome back to Get Godly With It. If you're watching on YouTube, you can probably see I'm in a different spot today. Oh, sorry, my chair is making noise because I'm moving. Let me just get comfortable real quick, okay. So if you're watching on YouTube, you're probably noticing that I am in a different part of my room. Why this is is because I just think that the lighting is Much better on this side of my room than it is over there because that's like where my balcony is. But the thing with this spot is that, like, it's not a desk, it's my shelf. So I feel like I'm like gonna be slouching so much. So I have to be like a little bit further from the mic. So I don't know if this is going to work. We're going to see. We're going to give it a go this week. And if it's just not working, then we're just going to change it next week. It's really one of those softer issues. But I'm so excited to have you here today. Do I have a word from the Lord for you? I really do. Um, It's actually a really crazy story how God put this word on my heart. Um, So first, before I even start, don't forget to subscribe subscribe, I think, or follow this podcast on Apple, Spotify, and on YouTube at Kathy Devoolit because I put the videos there. Don't forget to leave a review. It really, really, really helps if you guys leave a review and share it so that other people can see um, this podcast as well. Um... Yeah, and then if you want to follow me on Instagram, you could follow me at Get Godly with It podcast, or you could follow my main platform, which is Kathy DeVoliet. So let's just get right into this episode because I have a lot to uncover with you guys. So as I was praying for this, I prayed for this episode all the way on Sunday. Yeah, and today is Thursday, so it's been quite a couple days that I haven't recorded because I didn't feel like God was giving me a word. And when I pray, I always pray like, God, what does the one person need? And so this was on Sunday, okay? And I like had this vision that I saw someone in their bed crying and it felt as if they were like in deep anguish and deep distress and they really were just like, like giving God their whole heart and giving God their all and they were like, God, like I need Your help. You know, I mean, I don't know exactly what the conversation was going on, but it was as if I saw this person just like fully crying with God and just like pouring out their heart. And the craziest thing is that God was actually showing me this week. I had no idea that I was going to be in my bed, like, just pouring out so much, as I wrote here, pouring out my old wine so God can make new wine out of me, and um, what he did was give me a vision of my situation this week, and I don't think I'm the only one that was going through this, and this is actually going to be an episode that's going to be released in like three weeks, so it's the 18th today, so I don't know who's going to need to hear this message, but I believe it's going to bless you because it blessed me greatly and um yeah like it's just so crazy like God gave me the little secret that this was going to be my heart position and my heart posture this week and it was a blessed heart posture was I crying yes was I going through a lot of pressing and pressure in my heart yes am I still going through it yes because I believe that I'm in a season of like God just revealing a lot in my heart to like pour it out But it's crazy because I normally don't talk about the season I'm in while I'm going in it. I will talk about it after. But I guess God really just put it on my heart to talk about this today because I feel like there's a lot of women who are easily, or men who are easily discouraged and can really get involved in competition and in competitiveness and feel as though God is not there. You know, there are times where like we pray for something and we pray for so long and then we watch someone else get what we prayed for and we lose hope and we lose and we lose encouragement so we get dis- discouraged and we start to feel as though we're not good enough you know and we're not capable enough in that God has forgotten us, but that's not the case. That's not God's heart. God doesn't forget us. God doesn't forget who we are. He doesn't forget our requests. He doesn't forget our petitions. He doesn't forget our prayers, our praises to him. And he doesn't forget the hope that we maintain as we're waiting for the blessing. So I just want to jump right into 1 Samuel 1. And so as I was going through this week, I was just like, God, I need a word of encouragement. Like, I need something from your Bible. Like, I need to be encouraged because I just feel so, like, bleh, you know? And, like, here's the thing. Like, I've been living in joy this last week. Like, I've been just walking with the Lord. But every single day, the last four days, I've been on my bed and there's just times throughout the day where I just, it's as if like I spiral this one thought comes in or like this one thing comes in and I just spiral and I've had, to, and and god has bring, brought me so many different situations that have revealed the same sin in my heart to be able to get on my bed and cry it out and give it to god and surrender it to him to walk out of the room not feeling sad anymore not feeling discouraged and i've been able to get on my two feet again and regain hope in him and again praise him because he is bringing me the hope and his heart and he is taking all of the anguish and he is taking taking the pain and he is taking the discouragement and I believe for you guys listening he wants to take it from you as well and right now I'm feeling that there is someone who is listening who is in a season like this who is getting pressed who is getting tested who is going through the fire who is getting molded but they're running from God and they're losing God uh, losing hope in God and they're losing faith in the promise that he has for you and I want to tell you right now that he is going to bless you in his timing, a hundred, a thousand days to the Lord are like a hundred or like a day to us. I don't remember that verse, but his timing is different. His timing is different. His timing is not your timing, even though you can't see what's going on. Keep your trust in the Lord. Okay, it's so crazy. I already feel the fire of the Lord in this episode. So let's go right into reading. So it's a, it's kind of a larger reading. I do say so myself, but it's fine. Uh, 1 Samuel 1, Elkanah and his family. There was a man named Elkanah who lived in Ramah in the region of Zuth in the hill country of Ephraim. He was the son of Jeroham, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuth, of Ephraim. Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and Peninnah. Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah did not. Each year, Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of Heaven's armies at the tabernacle. The priests of the Lord at that time were the two sons of Eli. On the days Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Peninnah and each of her children. And though he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice portion, because the Lord had given her no children. So Peninnah would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from her from having children. Year after year it was the same Penina would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle each time Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Why are you crying Hannah Elkanah would ask? Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me isn't that better than having 10 sons? Hannah's prayer for a son. As she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her, seeing her lips moving but hearing no sound. He thought she had been drinking. Must you come here drunk, he demanded. Throw away your wine. Oh no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I am very discouraged. And I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I am a wicked woman, for I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request you have asked him. Oh thank you sir she exclaimed then she went back and began to eat again and she was no longer sad Samuel's birth and dedication the entire family got up early the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more then they returned home to Rama when Elkanah slept with her with Hannah the Lord remembered her plea and in due time she gave birth to a son she named him Samuel for she said I asked the Lord for him Wow, this is so powerful. Like I could literally just leave it there and just have you guys digest it by yourself and be like mesmerized and in awe of this story because it's so powerful. Um, it there's so many things you can see in Hannah that we can actually see in ourselves. You know, the discouragement, the the sadness, the desiring something so bad and and just not having the patience or or just not having the capability to be able to to withhold the anger and the sadness and and what's crazy is that it's said in the verse that because the Lord didn't give her a child so it's like she knew that it was God that wasn't giving her a child in this moment, right? And so I just wanted to go over a couple points that I noticed about her. This is not going to be like a preaching thing, but it's just going to be a simple like, let me let me explain to you Hannah's heart and her faith in the Lord, because I believe that this is a word of encouragement and a word of hope for someone who is going through discouragement because they are not where they want to be and they are witnessing someone else having what they want or they are witnessing someone else experiencing the blessings that they desired and, and prayed for. So the first thing is that um, Hannah wanted something really badly. Like she really wanted a child. And so crazy that Elkanah was married to two women, which is another issue in itself. But she wanted something so bad. And she had to watch someone else have it. I believe it mentioned that Peninnah had two children, um, if I'm correct um Hannah had children but Hannah uh, Pennant had children but Hannah did not so oh yeah, Hofni and Phineas Finney so she had two children. And imagine like wanting that so bad and then watching someone else have exactly that one thing that you desire Like wouldn't you feel so unseen, so unheard and the situation that I was going through this week, I've been praying for something for years, you know, for years, years, years. And I've been working at it, I guess, for quite a quite a couple of years now. And to watch someone just go into it and have the blessings that I was praying for has been really hard on my heart. And I I know that this is God. Showing me what's in my heart and what he needs to rid in my heart, so I'm patient, and I'm praising him through this process. But we go through these times where God really needs to reveal things in our hearts, and sometimes that's why we're waiting, right? Because he wants to see, like, are you still going to praise me when you don't have it? Are you still going to walk with me when you don't have it? Are you still going to um, desire me when you don't have it? And are you going to lean on me when you don't have it? So. This woman had something, so Peninnah had something that Hannah really wanted. And not only that, she was taunted for it. It says in verse 6, so Peninnah would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. And like, I don't know if this is what you're going through. I would hope that you're not getting taunted because of something that you really want. Let's say that like you're really desiring a husband, you know and you watching all your friends get a husband and then you go to like family events and you're like, my brother is married, my sister is married, and then your whole family's like, oh, when are you gonna get married? It's time for you to get married. And you're just like, that's like a desire that's so deeply in my heart and I still haven't received it and people around me are taunting me. So you can imagine how Hannah's feeling in that situation, so sad. Like this is something that she really, 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 really desires. But yet, God has not blessed her with it yet. So the first thing that I want you to notice is that she really wanted something and she would plead God for this one thing, but yet someone else received it. And think of her heart posture of sadness, of sorrow, of grief, because she hasn't received yet the the blessing that she's been waiting upon. So the second thing that I really do want to point out is that this woman through her hardships would walk with God, stayed with God, kept her hope in God. Verse nine says, once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. So when like, so it says earlier that at the sacrifices, right? When she would get like only one portion, but Peninnah would get, multiple portions that Penina would like taunt her because she doesn't have children so again this was at a sacrifice and it would say that each time Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat at seven so here they went again and they worshipped and she was probably reduced to tears again and um what did she do she went to pray she didn't stay in it she didn't stay in the wallowings, you know? As I was going through this week, like I would see, like I was saying earlier, I would see one thing and it would trigger me and I would spiral, but that is when I would go into my room and I would sit on my bed and I would be on my knees and I'd like lay my head down and be like, God, help me give this to you. And I would sit there and be like, just pouring out everything I'm feeling with tears, but she took it to God. She didn't take it to someone else. And yes, we have community, it's super important. But the first person that you know about your problems is God, because the only one that can change your heart in it is God. The only one who could bring the blessing is God. And so in her sorrow, in her grief, in her sadness, she ran to God. And you can see, sorry, I was drinking water. You can see that she kept her hope in Him. You know, she did not fail to run to him. She did not fail to know who the one is that could take away the sorrow because a lot of times we'll cry and we try so hard to take away our pain, but the only person that can is God. And so the third point is that Hannah would bring her whole heart to God. In 10, 14, and 15, verse 10, Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the lord she cried so hard that that the man that was sitting in the temple in the tabernacle he thought she was drunk it says in 14 must you come here drunk he demanded throw away your wine and in 15 she says oh no sir she replied i haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger but i am very discouraged and i was pouring out my heart to the lord she would not just sit there and be like, yeah, God, I'm sad. Yeah, I feel kind of bummy right now because this person did this. This per-. No, like she was pouring out her heart. There are so many verses in the Bible that talk about how God is near the brokenhearted, that talk about how God sees our hearts and not what we do, that God, it, it's so focused on the heart. And so when you come to God and you have this front and you're like, yeah, I'm just upset. Whatever. I'll get over it. Like, I'm just upset. It's fine. Like God already knows you're not fine, but there's nothing God can do about it because you are not willing to surrender it to him, you know? And so she went and she deeply, 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 deeply cried to God. And I did this as point five, but I think I can leave this in point three that she would, um, leave the lord's presence differently because it says in i believe um 18 it says she went back and began to eat again and she was no longer sad it says in um yeah so she was no longer sad so when we come to god's presence and we pour out our heart to him he gives, when we pour out the discouragement, he gives us encouragement. When we pour out the sadness, he gives us joy. When we pour out the, the pain, he gives us healing. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, it was an exchange. He took all of our heaviness. He took all of our burdens. So when he lifted, he gave us the light. He gave us the, the peace. He gave us the joy. He gave us the love. And so when you are pouring out this old wine, when you are pouring out this, this old, these these beliefs and, and your heart and your sorrow, you're picking up the cross. You're picking up the love. You're picking up the peace. You're picking up the encouragement. You're picking up God's light. Wow. And so she left his presence not sad anymore because she gave him her whole heart. Her whole heart, again, I say this, don't come to God with a wall because it's not going to do anything. She left the presence of the God feeling no longer sad because she gave him her whole heart. Sometimes there is something that my pastor said earlier this week. I mentioned it in the podcast before this one that my pastor said that if you leave the presence of God still feeling the same, you need to go back because you did not spend time with God. Not saying that God wasn't there but in the sense that you didn't pour it out to God. You kept the burden. You decided to keep the heaviness rather than pouring it out to the Lord. So this is such like an amazing example that like you don't leave the presence of God the same. There's also the verse in Isaiah 41:10 that says, um, do not be discouraged for I am your God. No, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and guide you and uphold you in my victorious right hand. So he says, don't be this because I am this. And so she would come and pour out her heart with the knowing that this is the one who turns my water into wine. That this is the one who removes the the old wine for new wine that this is the one that, that um, I can hope in. Because in the end, we don't have control over what we get and what we don't get. We just have control over our emotions and those we can submit to God. So the fourth thing is that she saw the things that she would get from God as an opportunity to give back to God. 11, verse 11, so I'm like going back and forth, and she made this vow, O Lord of Heaven's army, if you will look upon my sorrow, and answer my prayer, and give me a son, then I will give him back to you, he will be yours for his entire lifetime, and as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, he will never, his, his hair will never be cut, so many of us are like, give me this job so I can have money. Give me this husband so that I cannot be lonely anymore. Give me this so that I can this. But it's like that. There's the verse. I don't know where it is. But it says you ask. But you ask with the wrong intention. So you do not receive. That's so good. I remember when I was praying for a job. um, And I got the job at the breakfast restaurant. I'm not working there anymore. But like. That was like when I was of the faith already. And I remember like when I applied to work there was only because I met one of the waitresses, the servers, and God put it on my heart to evangelize to her. And so my prayer when I was like, going through the process of being hired, I was like, God, may I have this job so that I can bring that girl to Christ, you know? And there were so many opportunities I got to evangelize in that place. It was such a blessing. I, that was, that was a good season of my life. I had such a good season of evangelizing at that point in my life. Um, anyways, going back, like God blessed me that job because it was, his job you know and it was something that was going to expand his kingdom and and hannah in this situation she wanted the child and she said that once i have the child he's not going to be mine he's going to be yours So what gift do you want? What blessing do you want? And how are you going to use it to glorify the kingdom? What are you praying for that you're in deep anguish because someone else has gotten or someone else is being blessed by it or you don't have it yet? What are you, oh my gosh, my stomach is growling. What are you praying for that someone else received or again, like that you haven't gotten? And what is the intention behind it? Because again, God sees your heart. And the fifth thing and the last thing that I want to point out is her patience. Her patience and what she did in the waiting. She praised God in the waiting. The only way that we can be patient is praising God in the waiting. Because praise keeps the hope alive that it's coming. Praise keeps our hearts in the position of for the Lord and not for self. It takes our eyes off of us. And it keeps our eyes focused on the blessing of God. Oh my gosh, I'm literally looking outside and you know those like little flies are like, I don't know what they're called, but they like just group together and they fly around. There's just a huge, huge, huge flies that just like went in my backyard. Oh my Deus. Um, Anyways, so going back, your heart becomes centered around Christ and his will for your life. And maybe his will for your life is not giving you that thing yet. That doesn't mean it's not ever. It means it's at one point or there's something better coming because God knows what we need, right? But she praised. It says in verse 19, we're going back. The entire family got up early the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more, once more. So it means that they did this before. They did it again and again and again. And they worshiped God. They knew who was the blessing provider. They knew, she knew the one who was going to bring her the gift. And so she praised him and praised him. And her heart posture in the waiting was patient. Her heart posture in the waiting was, I'm going to trust my God. I'm going to be hopeful in who my Jesus is. My God, because Jesus wasn't there at the time. They didn't know that he was the Messiah. But she was patient and she was patient because she praised And then the blessing came. Not on her timing. Not when she thought it was going to come. Not when she believed it was going to come. But when God saw fit. And you can really learn so many lessons from Hannah's heart in this chapter. Such a beautiful, devoted, loyal heart to God. Like, she was like, you know what? I might not have what I desire. Someone else might have it. I might be getting made fun of for not having what I desire. I have a lack in this area, but I know who my God is. And I know that he is good. And I know that he provides. And so with or without my blessing, I'm going to lift my hands up to the Lord. I'm going to praise him and I'm going to give him my heart. A lot of us close off to God because we don't have what we want, but that's so wrong. Like, God is not a genie in a bottle. He is someone that died on the cross for your sins, and that's enough to be praised. He created you, and that's enough to be praised. And if you only praise God because He blesses you and because you're waiting for His blessings, then are you really in a relationship with God? You know? And so I really just want to leave this message with hope. To give you hope, you know that the blessing is coming, but the blessing is not the end goal. It's the 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 most beautiful part of receiving that blessing is the process to the blessing, and I'm in that season. I'm in a process for the waiting for the blessing, and so whenever God sees it fit, and whenever it's glorifying to God, is when it's gonna happen. And so I encourage you go to God with the sorrow go to God and pour your whole heart to him because only he can transmit it, transmute transmit it into love and peace. And he's the only one that can provide the blessing and it's in his hands. So whenever he sees it fit is when it's going to happen. So I just want to pray for you. Lord, I just pray for the listener. I pray for whoever this message was for, that it would... That the seed was planted, God, and it would begin to grow and you would water it and you would make it grow in their hearts, God. I pray, Lord, that they would not have a wall up in front of them before they come to see you uh, or when they come before you, but that they would truly give you all of their anguish, all of their sadness, all of their sorrows, God, and in response to that surrender, God, they would receive your love, your peace, your mercy. I pray, Lord, that you would keep them from lying to you and help them to be vulnerable to you, God, and patient in this season as they wait for their blessing. May their eyes stay focused on you and not on who's receiving what and not on um, when it's coming, but trusting in you with all of their heart. We thank you, Jesus, and we praise you. Amen. Thanks guys for listening to this episode and I will see you guys next week. I pray that you are blessed by it. Amen. Oh, sorry. I almost forgot. Get godly with it. Bye.